0: 7.09 in the morning uh, this hour of wake up brought to you by capco az central arizona block let's go right to the phones making her debut and most likely when she's done with us after she hears me talk she'll be like it's my last interview no. on wake up hmm. no, i'm just kidding dea special agent in charge for the phoenix division state of arizona is sherry oz sherry welcome to the show thank you good morning so uh, how long have you been the special agent in charge for uh, arizona
1: well, I started during the most amazing time, March first. I started during a pandemic.
0: Welcome aboard. New
1: job. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Wanda, uh, where, where's uh, Sherry Oz from originally in the world?
1: So I grew up in Chicago, but I chose Phoenix as my adult home when I was very young. I started my long c- enforcement career here in Phoenix.
0: It's like uh, uh, one of the. It's like the forever home for an adopted pet. Phoenix exactly. is your your forever after escaping <laughs> it <was>. from Chicago. <laughs>
1: The one I picked exactly.
0: Cubs or White Sox fan?
1: What, White Sox. Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that could go bad. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Uh, so uh, where did you start your law enforcement? What starting your law enforcement career in Phoenix? Where did you start?
1: So I I applied and somehow they they hired me. I was very young uh, with Phoenix C D and I worked South Mountain Precinct okay. uh, for for years and then I was a detective before I moved on to DEA.
0: And uh, why DEA of all the federal um, all the federal jobs you can join in the world of law enforcement? Why did you pick the Drug Enforcement Agency? Because we're awesome.
1: We're like <laughs> the FBI, only cooler. But don't <laughs> tell him I said that. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, you guys had a we, uh, jump start with the whole you know you know Miami Vice had some DEA guys exactly. helping Crockett and Tubbs. Okay.
1: So yeah, we don't dress like that anymore, <laughs> but. Um, The job is is spectacular. We're a single mission agency. We go after the the worst and the most violent predators uh, in the world. And so for me, that was very enticing that that I was making a huge difference, that the impact uh, would be so phenomenal that, that we could actually save people and, and help people. So for me, that was that was my calling.
0: Leading leading up to the to being the head of this this division, give us give us some uh, tidbits from your uh, your experiences in the DA leading up to this spot. What were some of the real on the ground work that you were doing that 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 is serving you now that you're in charge of the division? Give me give me a couple of those experiences.
1: So I did um, I did my first. 10 years in los angeles los angeles field division and there i was able to do general enforcement interdiction um met team we used to have this mobile enforcement team and um and also a task force type work and being a case agent and being able to run my own cases i my met deployment we took out 123 gang members uh we've we we faked a murder. We were hired to, to kill a guy. We It was this amazing investigation, six months of just hardcore um, pressure on on, on gang, gang members and drug traffickers. And we were able to really clean up a whole city. So I saw firsthand how our resources put to good use, um, really impacted the mayor of that city went in the newspaper and said uh the streets of San Bernardino are are clean it's the first time ever uh, it didn't last long i mean <laughs> things things are what they are but it was, it was so impactful and it really it really gave me a, a sense of the ea overall um because i knew that we were able to push forward and and be able to have an impact on violence on a community that we that we live in, a community that we care about. Um, I went to Miami as a supervisor and had uh, a lot of overseas investigations where we extradited from foreign countries and, and brought our, our cartel high-value targets to, to justice. So that was specifically very rewarding as well. Um, and then I was in D.C. for a long time and then in Seattle before coming back to here.
0: So you, well, we can't say you don't have the uh, an amazing uh, resume, especially of locations, right? You're, you're, you've done it all. You've done Miami, L.A., and Arizona, and we even talked about the dangerous swamp called Washington, D.C., but um, I will tell you that. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to bring you back, and I want to talk about the state of drug trafficking in Arizona and what does what is, what is DEA 2020 look like, especially in this world of Covid, um, the DA. I have, I have a soft spot for the DA. A long time ago, I used to do a lot of support work. I'm trying to remember that you guys do. I hopefully you still do a big golf bar- tournament uh, in Phoenix that supports survivors of DA agents killed in the line of action. I forgot the name. It was named after an officer who died. I'm trying to. remember if you remember, so that. we
1: we the Richard Fass.
0: Up That's here. the one.
1: And now there's the, the our cash is in Tucson, so we actually have two.
0: Oh, okay so I've played in the Richard fast one and supported it financially with companies because I, I got Thank to be you. got to be good friends with Tony Ryan I'm sure you know Tony Ryan. you mm-hmm. know Tony Thank you. and yeah. so what happened was so when uh, you guys approached me for this this was an easy one because uh, I got to know a lot of officers in the DA and uh, so I'm so thrilled that you're on the show today so welcome aboard and uh, I want you to hold on for some commercials and we'll come back and we're gonna talk about DEA Arizona 2020 okay Thank you, sir. All right, we got Special Agent in Charge Sherry Oz on the phone. If you have a question? Give us a call seven nine zero two zero four zero. Wake up Tucson ten thirty. The Voice. Uh, we're on with DEA Special Agent in Charge for Arizona, Sherry Oz. Sherry, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, so let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, drug enforcement in twenty twenty in Arizona. What's give us an overview of what you guys you guys and girls are dealing with.
1: Well, 2020, like um, everybody else, has been a banner year for us. We've had um, well, cartels have certainly changed some of the way that we're doing business. We have not stopped. We are relentless in our pursuit to get them. Uh, since July 1st, we've seized almost 2,000 pounds of meth um, coming coming into the, the country through Arizona. Just And that's just in the last seven weeks. Um, so Cartels changed a little bit of what they're doing, just like they always do. They adapt to the circumstances, and we adapt with them. Um, they have not slowed down for sure. They're still trying to bring it in, and because the funnel is smaller, because we are the the restrictions at the border have made it different for them. Um, we are taking off bigger loads because there's fewer people coming across. Uh, and some some interesting some interesting and innovative ways to to get along to get it through to smuggle it through,
0: such as.
1: So, uh well, now we have backpackers that are that are walking across um, and they 're carrying thirty five to forty pounds of fentanyl thirty five to forty five pounds of meth, which is normally not the case we we've had backpackers in the past, but they were marijuana uh people, and that was you know a decade ago so we're we 're getting some of that a resurgence uh we 're also getting a lot of of unique ways to hide uh, the the drugs to get them in. We just had a seizure where we had uh, they seized 130 balls, bouncy balls, the kids' bouncy balls uh, that are liquid-filled and they have little lights in them, and (laughs) they were all filled with liquid mess. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Your dog pops
0: one of those. I'm always (laughs) fascinated when I, I interact with Customs and Border Protection, and they tell me all the crazy way thing. I haven't heard that one yet of the injected kid balls. That's amazing.
1: Yep, innovative techniques Uh, they'll do anything to get it in we are addicted to their product we keep buying it they're addicted to our money they keep bringing it in so we can
0: be poisoned by it so the restrictions at the at the border crossings is 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 just pushing more into that area where you and border patrol in between the the ports is getting busier
1: you know they they're finding new ways to conceal so and there's fewer people that are able to cross on a daily basis. So while we used to have a hundred people come across with ten pounds each, just made up numbers for easy math. Right um, now we have ten people coming and they each have fifty pounds each because they're still trying to get the same amount through. They just have to take bigger risks per courier. Um, the prices for currying have gone up, obviously uh, four times the, the price. Just like the price of meth and fentanyl has gone up four times what it was in February March.
0: So if the price, so uh, I hate to, I hate to make these assumptions when the price goes up four times and you have people of a lower income class that are usually victims of this kind of stuff. I assume that increases possibly the amount of property crime so they can pay for the increased amount of their fentanyl and methanol meth. Is that, am I making too much of a jump there?
1: That's, that's a likely jump in my experience.
0: Gotcha. Seven nine zero twenty forty is the phone number. Is he on the phone? All right, let's go. One of the greatest caller's names ever. He just popped up in the last month. Joe Canoli. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you're on with Sherry Oz. It's like a book writer. I got Sherry Oz with Joe Canoli. Joe, what's up?
1: Joe Canoli from the neighborhood. Listen, Thanks. my question is, how much does city, county, or state policy affect you doing your job? We are, we control, we we're. Federal laws. So our our job is is to enforce the Controlled Substances Act, which is a federal federal law goes you know, coast to coast. But some of the city, state, and and local, I guess restrictions. If they're more restrictive, that's that we can work within that. But sometimes they're they're less restrictive, and and then the federal law would always trump any other law.
0: Thank you. Joe, thanks for the call, man. Have a good day. Um so what is so the what so f- the fentanyl and meth are still the top two things you guys are dealing with? Yes. And I assume because it's easy to move, it's small and it's the best bang for the buck.
1: Well, in the past, cocaine and and heroin were our big ones, marijuana, those are all plants. So they are they are subject, they are victim to the weather, the climate, drying techniques, you know um, any kind of manufacturing type thing. now, with meth and fentanyl, all you have to do to make them is buy the precursors that are readily available and cheap from China from India, and then put them in your lab and make them. so the quantity is unlimited. they can make as much as they can buy for precursors, which is uh, unlimited as well, so it is. It becomes cheaper and cheaper because they're able to make so much of it, and then getting it across is again some of it like is water soluble, some of it has um, can be in a, a solute that will that will keep it in a liquid form, which makes it very easy to disguise, um, and then bring it over and they convert it here before selling it to us.
0: Talk about the um, the, the the violence that's associated with this because it's just not the idea that the DEA is dealing with just the the actual couriers. Let's talk about the enforcement side of this.
1: So, drug trafficking cartels are the most violent organization, um, and they go worldwide. Mexican drug traffickers cartels are are violent. I I can't even describe to you um, the things that we see and that we hear about. The slightest infraction, the slightest disloyalty, disobedience, and they they kill each other. They kill rival cartel members. They kill their own cartel members um, because they, they don't fall in line with what the cartel wants. The cartels are very, very powerful. They have a lot of money, and they don't have any, any conscience guiding what they're doing. For us, enforcement-wise, it's very important because those cartels take their their poison right through your backyard, through my backyard. It's important that we stop them and we not let them influence us and bring their
0: their dope into the country as well. Sherry, our our producer Ed has a quick question for you. Yeah, are these cartels? uh, Is their headquarters just in Mexico? Are they like from Europe? Where where is all this? Where is the head of this that you're talking about?
1: So the cartels are all, well, these particular cartels, the ones that affect us here in Arizona, are uh, Mexico-based cartels. So the trafficking lines are designed or or designated in Mexico, and they decide amongst themselves who gets what, and they all have territories. It's like having a a corporation down there, and your company is this, and you own Arizona. So everything that moves through Arizona for us is controlled by the Sinaloa cartel. There are other Cartels like CJNG is a it's a new cartel that is newer and extremely violent. They um, they don't have any decorum or any tradition that they're holding on to for for safety. There's no sense of family. They're just ruthless. So we have to be relentless in our pursuit of them so that we can save American lives.
0: And just to show you the ruthlessness, we just had uh, in the last 24 hours in uh, Jalisco the cartels took somebody cut them open on video and did horrible things to them so
1: yeah yes i just got a text about that right before i came on
0: it just it just keeps going and going and going now uh now sherry we're going to get one last question in. i might want to get from a listener if we run out of time we'll do this again okay sure so let's go to bill number two on line two bill you're on with sherry oz from the dea what's up buddy
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, Sherry, I read somewhere where most of the Mexican cartels get their actual chemicals to make these drugs from China. Is that that true? Yes, it is. China and and India are the biggest suppliers for the precursors. And Mexico has huge super labs that are capable of, of making. It's really unquantifiable. We have no idea how much they could do. So, you know, everybody – not everybody, but a lot of people think China is still our friend. But they are – if they're sending all those chemicals down there to uh, to be processed for use up here, it's not a good thing. So,
0: thanks. Thank you, Billy. I won't even get in – I want to get Sherry in trouble in talking about why does the Mexican government let super labs exist, but that's life. Uh, Sherry, <laughs> one last question unrelated to your job. We asked this. We only have 40 seconds. Your top two favorite locally owned restaurants in Phoenix you like to eat at?
1: Oh, God. I, anything Mexican.
0: That's good. You're in the right you're in the right ballpark. Give me give me one place up there you like to go to.
1: Uh Haymaker. Haymaker? Yes. That's a Mexican. It's Mexican. No, it's not Mexican.
0: Oh, it's like,
1: <laughs> giving you something else.
0: Where where's Haymaker?
1: It's uh in Peoria.
0: Okay. And what do they do?
1: Uh they do America really nice. There's flags all over the wall and they have nice drinks.
0: Awesome. Well <laughs> after a rough day uh at the DEA a cocktail at the end of the day is probably worthwhile. All right. Sherry, it was great meeting you uh, on the show. We'll do it again, okay? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.